This episode is brought to you by KG Productions for Krishna Knows. Very good morning. Jai Shri Krishna Guru. Thank you for joining Shri Guru Charitra Parayan. <clears throat> Wishing you all a very happy Friday. Om Shri Guru Bhyo Namaha Om Shri Ganeshaya Namaha Om Shri Saraswataya Namaha Om Shri Guru Dattatre Namaha Om Shri Mahalakshmi Namaha Guru Brahma Guru Vishnu Guru Devo Maheshwaraha Guru Sakshat Parabrahma Tasmai Shri Guru Ve Namaha Shri Guru Charitra Parayan. We'll begin with a new chapter today that is Gurunath's Grace on the Yogini Ganas. This chapter describes the Audambar Vriksha Mahima. It also narrates about the special worship which was being done by the Yogini Ganas to Gurunath every day. Gurunath shows Prayaga, Kashi and Gaya to Ganganuja and makes him complete the whole pilgrimage within just a single day. Sri Narasimha Saraswati later announces that he was leaving from there. He comforts the Yogini Ganas that he would continue to be present there only in his subtle form, grace that is grace body, and will be answering the prayers of all his devotees. How beautiful it is. Let us see what happens. Yesterday, we learnt about the 64 Yoginis. Today, in detail, we'll understand who they are and what they do. Namdarak asked Siddhamuni why Sri Narsimha Saraswati was always more fond of the Audambar tree and why was it so significant. Siddhamuni explained as follows. Due to the curse of sage Durvasa, Lord Vishnu had to take 10 incarnations on the earth. The curse was of course a boon to the world. When Lord Sri Vishnu manifested himself as Narsimha in Narsimhavatar to protect Prahalad and for destroying Hiranyakashyap, he had to make use of his nails, that is claws, to kill him. He tore open the belly of Hiranyakashyap with his claws. In the stomach of Hiranyakashyap, there was the Kalakuta poison. The nails of Narsimha were drenched with the poison. When he tore the stomach and, sorry, this is, yeah, the, the nails of Narsimha were drenched with the poison when he tore the stomach and entrails of the demon, of the demon. As a result, Narsimha's nails were seething with great heat and pain. Goddess Lakshmi, seeing the suffering of her lord, plucked some fruits of the Audambar tree, which she happened to find nearby. The Lord stuck his nails into the fruit deep into its pulp. The Lord's pain was assuaged instantly by this. The Lord was immensely pleased and blessed the Audumber tree and said it would from then onwards be as powerful as the Kalpa Viksha on the earth in the heavens. He said that whosoever would worship the Audumber tree would get all desires and wishes fulfilled. Thus, the Audumba tree had become a wish-fulfilling tree from very ancient times. Sri Narsimha Saraswati wanted to make it holier. Therefore, he chose to be always seated under the Audumba tree. Seated under it, apart from granting the fulfillment of the worldly desires of his devotees, he used to shower spiritual grace and uplift them spiritually. So again, this every, every aspect of the divine manifestations and the associated objects, be it sentient or insentient, everything has a purpose. We might think, you know, objects or creations or creatures that, that don't have life or they are not, they are not human beings or they are just there you know like like plants trees animals they don't understand what what it is to be spiritual or they are not in the godly world it's not true see everything is part of the lord's creation alone whether it is whether someone something has life in it or not everything is very beautiful in this world and when the divine touches them they really get redeemed they, they, they get absolved of all their karmas and sins. You know, many a time I'll keep, you know, telling my Krishna Guruji, see, today you ate something, that fruit got its redemption. Or just because you, you plucked a flower 
from the tree the tree is blessed with your touch so we might we might say it in a very funny manner or we might make it sound it appear very trivial but it's not the truth the touch of the divine master you don't understand how profound or how beneficent it is for that tree flower the creature the food he partakes of it's be, it's beyond our human minds can and understanding we cannot fathom this see imagine the lord narsimha's nails were you know he dipped in that pulp of the fruit because it was it was sealing with heat and then it cooled him so he blessed that audumber tree and please remember everything has a purpose every every creation is perfect in its place we might think oh that doesn't have any uh, value it's very insignificant there is nothing like insignificant that is why we say even a blade of grass does not move without the will of the divine lord because it is his own creation it is his leelas there is everything has its purpose in this world and we are nobody to judge its existence whether they are they are there for they are there for a good cause or a bad cause this there's nothing like a good cause or a bad cause everything is perfect in its place and most important like even yesterday my krishna guruji was teaching from samarth ramdas's das bodh that we all have to be our good self being good is extremely important my guruji has never taught us to be you know behave badly or meanly with anyone it or to be mean with anyone he is only taught us to be our good self godly godly self you know goodliness there's no word called goodliness just saying it's it's about you being godly it's very important to have the divine qualities within us because we are the creation of this lord almighty who's who's the epitome of everything the goodness the grandeur the glory the love you you name all the virtues he's filled with that so why are we then behaving like the demons why should a narsimha avatar come and you know kill that demon there's no need so let us become divine that is the whole meaning and and the reason why these stories these incarnations all these leelas were performed so that the they teach they impart the truth about what it is to be born as a human being and how to become godly in life see only through human birth can you realize god there is no other form except the human form through which you can you know attain the god realization that is the most important thing for you to understand we should not waste this god given precious opportunity of having this human birth some merit we must have you know done in our past in our previous births that is why we are able to get this body so let us use it you know to attain god alone and not waste away waste and then again come back again for what it's it's a miserable thing why do we need to do that coming back again and again meeting the same people and then creating further more karma no we don't need to we just have to stop and let's say end with you know end right now and so go towards the path of god realization so thus the audumber tree had become a wish fulfilling tree from very ancient times shri narsimha saraswati wanted to make it even holier therefore he chose to be always seated under the audumber tree so i hope you understand why audumber tree was chosen as his you know seat or where he would be seated to do his tapascharya seated under it apart from granting the fulfillment of the worldly desires of his devotees he is to shower spiritual grace and uplift them spiritually see most important they are not interested in granting any worldly desires but they do so why because they need to establish that faith in us because we don't believe till we see some miracles or something uh, something happening to us the moment our wish is fulfilled then we start believing in that form in that divinity otherwise we don't we think they are not god they are not some great master they are just ordinary human being that is how the human mind thinks so it's a very petty way to think what can we do about it but that is that is our that is our problem but narsimha saraswati just does that only to establish or reinstate the faith in the being human being so that he can then slowly pull them towards the spiritual path and then he can shower his grace upon them you know to and to uplift them spiritually 
Thus, the Audamba tree had become had come to acquire heightened spiritual powers too. Imagine the great master, the Lord is sitting under the Audamba tree and doing tapas charya. He is constantly, you know, lost in that oneness. How profound is that? How beautiful that tree is blessed with such a boon where like Sri Narsimha Saraswati is making that tree as his abode. You know, see, getting... He's seated, he's seated under the Audumba tree and the Audumba tree has also a purpose. It is serving the Guru. Can you imagine? Even the tree is serving. It's fulfilling a purpose. So it is redeemed. It is blessed. Of course, it's going to get its spiritual powers too. As already said earlier, near Amreshwar on the bank of river Krishna, there was the Shakti Tirtha wherein lived many yoginis numbering about 64. So who are these yoginis? So yoginis are the powers, they are the shaktis when we say rather the siddhis they are. So it, it goes like this, there are first the eight primary uh, siddhis and then the secondary 32. So the first, we the eight siddhi, the yoginis are the powers, which is called the siddhis. They, they form the eight primary siddhis who are always there around these great masters. And they, they are always there with the siddhas. That is why we say uh, when you meet the great masters, the ashta siddhis are saying tatastu, we say. These are the yoginis, the primary eight powers who are always there around these great beings. So they are always watching and they'll keep saying tatastu, tatastu. They're ever waiting there to grant, you know, benedictions, grant everything that you want. And that is why my Krishna Guruji will say, when you speak in front of me, please remember what you're speaking because I am not going to do anything. There are all these divine beings around me who are working for, you know, who are working around me. So it is they who are going to act on it. It is not me. So that is why we should not say anything wrong, anything bad, anything evil. We have to always speak the right things because these Ashta Siddhis are saying Tatastu. And Ashta Siddhis are also the power of like, you know, this Anima, Garima, Nagima, where you can become, you know, you can... You, you know, you can become invisible, you can become like a macrocosm, microcosm. So those are the things where you can have special powers, where you are able to fly, you become invisible. You know, those are the kind, those are the Ashta Siddhis. But we all, see, we are not here to get those powers. Again, I'm not going to go in a different aspect. See, when these powers are around the divine beings, they are not misused. But there are other, you know, people in this world who follow a different cult and you know what they do it's it's we say occult they follow a different occult or different kind of uh, you know practice and what they do is they use the siddhis to become powerful and to grow in their own world and when the power is used for one's own purpose whether to get, get your name fame and whatever the other um, motivated desires that is there then you know you're going to fall prey to that and that is a wrong thing. But these great masters don't even use these powers. By the way, they are not even interested in such powers. They don't even use them. But these Ashta Siddhis, like all these 64 yoginis are always around these great beings. You know, they are ever ready to serve. Like I narrated yesterday, when my Krishna Guruji visited this beautiful place, you know, the Amreshwar temple, it's a small house. This was the house of, uh, yesterday we, we did about this uh, you know, the devotee, um, the Brahmin's home. Let me see if his name is mentioned. I'm sorry, I can't remember his name. Okay, his name, they're not, they have not given his name. They just said a poor Brahmin. The house where uh, Narsimha Saraswati went in disguise. You know, the, yesterday we did this about the Valpapri, the creeper, the Ghevda plant where Nars the Narsimha Saraswati just plucks it and throws it away, right? And then he blesses them saying Mahalakshmi Prasad Siddhi Rastu and they find a pot of gold. So that is the place where we went. Now this is exactly bank opposite side of Narsobacha Wadi. And if you go there and ask about this temple, you will be able to find. It's a very small place. It's just 
you know it's in a it's in a very bad condition because people don't even know its existence but there is a yogini who's sitting there and protecting she appears to be a very old lady and my krishna guruji said please offer dakshina to her and she's protecting that place she's taking care of that place and that's amreshwar's temple and over there you know it's also a siddha peeth that place is also siddha peeth and over there when my krishna guruji went you know the yoginis were holding this beautiful umbrella for him obviously we can't see they are in the subtle form you can't you, you need that great divine power to see them my guruji was able to see them but yes the one the physically one who was present we all saw her but she'll appear like very old lady like she's not some somebody you know whom you can recognize saying she's a yogini but we should never you know never look at that human form they appear in the human form that is why we say we need to be able to see god in everybody only when you practice to see god in everybody then you know when you evolve in in that level in the higher level of spirituality then you will be able to recognize but first we have to begin to see god in everybody and this one lesson which my krishna guruji was telling even this morning he said are you able to see god in everybody i said not yet because yes we look at the human form and then we get very carried away our mind mind comes into existence because it's is judging in the way how a person is behaving or whatever they are doing so the right and the wrong the judgment happens in the mind but as we evolve spiritually as we evolve on the path of spiritual higher and higher we should stop making judgments we should see god in everybody that is when you will be able to recognize these divine beings when they appear in front of you and most important we have to always seek the grace of the god to to tell to ask him to give you the grace to be able to recognize him when god appears in front of you in whatever form that might be so here this lady was sitting it was very it was very powerful place it had very beautiful experience though it appeared oh this no temple it's just a it's just like a the small house which was converted into a temple oh what kind of temple is this you know there's nobody no, nobody even knows but these divine power exists there you know these 64 yoginis were serving narsimha saraswati they are always serving the great gurus the great masters and that is why my krishna guruji will say be very careful when you say something dashta siddhi se tata astu means they are whether you ask for the good thing or bad thing they don't care when you come and ask something in front of the master the how do you think everything is coming to be why does why do you think something gets fulfilled it is not the gurus who do anything the ashta siddhis are the ones who work for these gurus these are the 64 yoginis you need to understand they are ever ready to serve and i again i'm not going to go deep into it so it is also believed you know the siddhis or also shaktis which is part of uh, goddess parvati herself again you know there are primary secondary and then there are other powers as well so all these powers are also used to evolve spiritually it is not about exploiting that power the power is given so that you do something good in this world not for you know using for yourself and that is why in bhagavad gita lord shri krishna says we should not care about any of these powers because when you get power your fall is imminent you are going to fall down so never bother about these powers and we should not even pay attention we do we should not even think about these powers we should not get any power lord shri krishna has very very nicely explained in bhagavad gita so even my guruji today he he doesn't even he say i am powerless i don't have any power but please remember he is the almighty lord himself he will not use his powers he he has all the powers within him but he will never use it he'll not do anything to you know show, uh, uh, to tell the world what kind of power he is holding he will not he will only appear ordinary human being but please remember around him are his ashta siddhis always saying tatastu the 64 yoginis are always working for these divine beings only the real masters so coming back every day by noon they all used to i'm i'm going to read this again from the beginning as already said earlier near amreshwar 
On the bank of river Krishna, there was the Shakti Tirtha, wherein lived many yoginis, numbering about 64. Every day by noon, they all used to come to the Audumbar tree to worship see Narsimha Saraswati and then return to their place unseen by any. They are not visible to our naked eyes. You can't even see them, but they live. Even today, they are living there very much. It is very, very beautiful. Only with the divine grace can you be able to see them. It is very nice to know, you know, when my Krishna Guruji said, look, these yoginis are here and they are they are holding this umbrella on my head. It is very beautiful, you know. That is that is what is the real um, recognition of a real guru. How, how do you recognize? What are his natures? Who are associated with him? This is one of the things that you need to recognize. You need to understand about the real master. These things will not happen to any ordinary human being. Let me tell you. And not the fake gurus. Huh? Please, absolutely nothing to the fake gurus. And the fake gurus doesn't even have these kind of powers. Yeah, they can they can get the power. That, that's not a big deal. Because they can follow certain rituals. They can do, perform certain rituals. And they can attain these powers. But please remember, that power is useless. But the real yoginis, the real power is only there with the divine beings. They are around them at all times. But the same thing, if it's in the hands of the wrong and the fake gurus, they will misuse it. And that is when, when they misuse it, their fall is for sure. They cannot be Lord Sri Krishna, they cannot become Lord Buddha, they cannot even become Jesus Christ. They will have to go down into the gutters. Some people were curious to know all about Narsimha Saraswati as to what he ate, how he got his food, what he did and who all came to him, etc. One by name Ganga Nuja, a poor farmer, was asked to keep a secret watch upon Sri Narsimha Saraswati and find out the facts. Ganga Nuja was a very guileless, simple-hearted and devout person. As Ganga Nuja was watching clandestinely, to his amazement, he saw the yoginis coming and offering worship and doing arti to Gurunath. He also saw that after the arti, Sri Narsimha Saraswati and the yoginis stepped down into the river. Lo, the waters of the river started receding, making a pathway for Sri Narsimha Saraswati and the yoginis to walk along. Ganga Anuja also followed them surreptitiously, uh, sorry, yeah, secretly he followed them. As they reached the as they reached the middle of the stream bed, Ganganuja following behind saw them entering into a golden splendored city. The residents of the city, men and women looking like angels and gods, dressed in silken and shining garments, welcomed Gurunath with Mangala Arti. See, this is very profound. It's 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 a it's a world which is beyond our human minds can and understanding. We think, you know, we think we should be able to see all these things with our naked eyes, but it is not. For which you have to be the highest, you have to be, have evolved to the highest level in the spiritual world. This is not, this will appear, whatever I'm reading here, will appear like a fantasy world for the material worldly people. But in the spiritual, this is, this is the world that is the truth. Sri Narsimha Saraswati, looking back towards Ganganuja, asked him why he followed them. Ganganuja fell at Gurunath's feet and prayed to be forgiven. Sri Narsimha Saraswati told him he should not reveal to anybody what he had seen. Goddess Lakshmi also favoured him and he was relieved of his drudgerous life. He used to come for Gurunath's darshan every morning, afternoon and evening and serve him for most part of the day with great love. As it was going on thus, one on one Magha Purnima, early morning, Ganganuja, while serving Gurunath, said, Gurudeva, it is said that in the month of Magh, a bath at the holy Triveni Sangam at Prayaga is most meritorious. I heard only, but know nothing of Prayaga and Kashi, etc. Gurunath then said to Ganganuja, This Panchaganga Sangam here is as holy as the Prayaga and Kollapur is as meritorious as Gaya. In and around here also exist Kashi. All the merits of Kashi, Gaya and Prayaga can be found and gained here itself. 
Nevertheless, as you seem to be very desirous of seeing Northern Kashi, etc., I will show them to you today itself. Gurunath stood up on the tiger skin on which he was seated. He told Ganganuja to catch his feet and Padukas firmly. Instantly, they were at Trayaga. So, what is this? This is the power of Ashtasiddhi, where you, he can just you know, in one in, in one instance, they are very much there in that other place. They'll be teleported, right? Not teleported. Teleported means you're still, you're getting into that world. But yeah, physically, they will be, you know, they, they can appear in that other location. That is the power they hold. Why? Because they are not this body. This is what you need to understand. We are born through this body. These great beings have overcome the body, the mind, the attachments, the sense, senses, everything and transcended the three gunas and have gone beyond the maya nothing can affect them they understand that they are not this body at all so what is not possible for them so he's saying yes hold on to my feet and immediately he is there in prayag gurunath stood up on the tree on the tiger skin on which he was seated he told ganganuja to catch his feet and Padukas firmly. Instantly, they were at Prayaga. After taking bath there in the morning, by afternoon, they were at Kashi. After bathing in the holy Ganges and having Lord Vishveshwara's darshan, by evening, they were at Gaya. By sunset, they were back at Amrapur. How beautiful is that? Wish, you know, we also get to do something like this. <laughs> Sri Narsimha Saraswati stayed under the Audamba tree at the Panchaganga Kshetra for quite a long time, 12 years. Now he decided to leave from there. Everyone was sorrowful and unhappy that Gurunath would be leaving from there, much more so where much more so were the yoginis. Sri Narsimha Saraswati comforted them and said, I am leaving my padukas here. I will be ever present where my padukas are worshipped. Whatever wishes be prayed for by offering worship to the padukas, they will be granted and fulfilled. Sri Narsimha Saraswati, comforting them all, moved out from the place in the direction of Ganagapur, which is in the vicinity of the holy rivers Bhima and Amraja. This is, this is the truth. This is absolutely truth. Even today, Narsimha Saraswati is very much living there. See, it is about the faith. As is your faith, so are your experiences. It's most important for you to understand. And I had the privilege, um, I've been here almost three times now. The first two times, I had the privilege to visit this holy place with my Krishna Guruji. And the other time, we went with my, my Krishna Guruji's other two disciples. And the experiences were incredible. Every time, it was very unique. The first time, when I visited this place with my Krishna Guruji, I was speechless because, you know, you've read about Narsimha Saraswati, his Padukas being there. You're very excited. You want to understand. You wanted to meet the Divine Lord. You just don't know what to do. It's, it's actually a very overwhelming experience. So when you least expect and it just suddenly happens, my Guruji said, let's go there. And he didn't even tell me that he's going to take me to this place the first time around when we went. And then when we went there, it was, I forgot what, um, um, I don't know what day it was or it was, some, it was some auspicious day. And they were actually doing the, um, they had removed the Padukas, the Padukas which Narsimha Saraswati has left there. They had, they have been doing this Abhisheka. There was some very big puja going on. So we had the privilege where Krishna Guruji and myself, we went in and at that Abhisheka time, they, we could touch the Padukas and get the blessing of the Padukas. It is very, very profound. And I'll tell you, it's only because my Guru is there, I was able to get that beautiful experience, not otherwise. And again, second time around, when we visited this place, we were sitting there. So how do you meet the divine? And that is very beautiful. When uh, Krishna Guruji and again, we went, we're sitting under this Audamba tree and near that river, after having the darshan of the Padukas, we went to the temple, which is seated there. And suddenly we heard somebody saying, 
please have lunch and go. We know we met Lord Dathatre. So these are the signs. See, the divine being is not going to come in that form and present himself to you. It's in, it's in a subtle way. God comes in that for few seconds in a subtle form and you will hear certain things. And someone out of the blue came and told us, you know, please have lunch. Lunch is being served now. Don't have lunch and then go. Then we know, yes, we were on the way to Kolapur, Mahalakshmi temple from that place. So it was instructed to us, you have to first eat and then only go. So it was Lord Dattatre's instruction. And the third time, again, it was a very beautiful sight. And that visit was very unique because my Krishna Guruji wanted to offer the coconut um, at this temple. So I, I can't remember why exactly, but yes, he said, no, I'm, I'm going to offer coconut to my Gurudev. So wasn't sure what the story was. But when we went there, we offered the coconut and we were sitting near that Audumba tree. And there is a very beautiful photo of Krishna Guruji. In fact, uh, one of his disciples is, you know, he's falling at his feet, he's taking his blessings. It's a very nice experience. And suddenly at that moment, there's a dog that came running. And you know what? It took the prasad from my hand. And I know it's Lord Dattatre. That, that love oozing in the eyes of the dog, it was so beautiful. It was so momentary. And whatever that offering was, he had to receive. He took it from my hand. He accepted it and he went away. Momentary thing. It is so beautiful. This is what is important for you to understand that God can come in any form. It is not necessarily in the form that you see or they have manifested in. That is the form they have to appear. See, that form is over. That form is gone. That form is not going to come back. Yeah, you can worship that form because that is the form you have seen him. An example today, I've seen my Krishna Guruji in a certain form. That is the form I will experience. That is the form I will worship him. But he is that body. No, he just used that body as a vehicle. That's a, that's a garment that he wore. He used that, that body as a vehicle so that he can impart this knowledge. How can God come and tell you or teach you? He has to use a vehicle, right? He has to use a body. So he accepts certain body for a certain reason. There is also a profound truth behind why they accept that particular body. Everything has a very profound reason. They are all the chosen ones. There is some past reasons associated with that and they come to fulfill that a promise given to somebody or an example in this case in this case if you remember Ambika where Lord Saraswati says I will be born through you as you know uh, Narsimha Saraswati and then you know he he then leaves the home then he gives her the vision saying in the previous life as part of Sripad Sri Vallabh how he blesses her and then in this life office, when has Narsimha Saraswati, he is born through her. So that those are the things. There is a reason why they choose that particular womb to be taking birth or they manifest in that body. Because there is some other connection due to which they will have to manifest in that body. So it is a promise given to some, some one of his devotees. They come to fulfill that promise this is the truth that you need to understand. So, you know, and you need to be very grateful about it. See, those who have these great beings manifested in that family or in that, you know, in that body, we need to be extremely grateful about it. Why? Because it's a blessing. It's a blessing to everybody. Likewise, when Sri Narsimha Saraswati is born in, uh, you know, his mother's womb in, in that form, she was blessed. The whole family was blessed. See, one thing you need to understand, he's not going to do anything. Um, he's not going to be attached as a family person. What he blessed was he granted them the spiritual wheel. But you know what? He also said one very important thing that whatever the Prarabdha Karma they had to, they will have to face it. Even um, he had a a sibling, his sister, the body's sister, he said she will she will have to suffer certain things, but after which things will work out fine. His blessing and grace is there. But you will have to suffer for the karma of the body. That is inevitable. Whether you are a guru, whether you are a god, when you have done the body, you will have to go through the effects of the prarabdha karma. But for the great beings, they don't have any karma. They are beyond everything. They are beyond the three gunas. They are the purest being. See, in our body, we have the five sheets. Okay. But in the divine master, if you look at them, they are just empty. They don't have any anything. They're just that empty shell. That is the truth. 
So we need to be extremely grateful for having this darshan. So please remember, you know, to always pray and seek the grace of the God saying that, please give me your grace so that I can recognize you when you come. If, whether it is in the form of a dog, whether it is in the form of an ant, whether it is form of a bird or whether it is form of any human being. They can even don the, you know, uh, they can come in a form of your enemy as well. The, the worst enemy in your life who you think is your enemy, they can manifest in that body and come to you. Would you be able to recognize? No. At that moment, you're saying, oh, he's my enemy. I hate him. Then are you hating God? See, this is the truth we, we can't understand. That is why my Krishna Guruji will always keep teaching us. You have to be able to see God in everyone. You have to love. And please remember, Krishna, Lord Sri Krishna is beyond all this. And the, one, the only thing he stands for is love and devotion. That is prema. The highest form of love. Where he unconditionally loves everyone. And his way of doing things is very beautiful. Even if it is his enemy, you know. He, there's no enemy actually. But the people think, uh, they think Krishna is just their enemy. It's not the other way around. Krishna doesn't have any enemy. Because he's universal. There is no hate or there is no like. There's no, I, do, I don't like, I, do, I hate somebody. There's nothing like that. He is only love. His love is universal and his love is unconditional. To be Lord Sri Krishna is not a joke because he is only, he stands for only goodness, you know, kind, all the good virtues in life. Being your good self, being forgiving, loving, kind, gentle, you name it. You know, in Uddhav Gita, one whole chapter is described. What are the kind of virtues you need to have? How to be on the path of sattva? If the qualities of a sattvic being, a pure, you know, divine being is mentioned in that. Whether it is Bhagavad Gita, Uddhav Gita, you name any scripture. In all the scriptures, this is mentioned. But today, we are not in that position to live those words. Why? Because we are in the Tamasik Yuga. Anger, everything is there. Lust, greed, everything else is filled within us. So what are we trying to do? We are always trying to hate somebody, like somebody. We have our own biases. We have our own ways of making judgments over things. But it's a very difficult lesson to live. That is why it's not easy to become divine being. That is why Buddha is Buddha. Lord Shri Krishna is Shri Krishna. There is no way you can ever replace them. Their position is irreplaceable. Nobody can become them. They are the only ones. They are in. They are always indispensable because God alone is. God is. We are all just a part of His creation. We come and we go away. But the one eternal being is Lord Shri Krishna alone. He always is. God is. Love is. There is no description in love. See, people have a very weird way to say, I love you only if you love me or I give you something, then only you love me. All these nonsensical things. And people associate the material love to a spiritual love. I'm sorry. Material world is a crass love. It is very contractual. It is only based on, you know, you scratch my back, I scratch my, sorry, you scratch my back, I scratch your back. That is how it is. So there is no way that you are doing things for just love alone. There is no expectation. See, in the spiritual world, when the Lord does something, He does it without any expectations. His love is unconditional because He loves everybody in the same manner. This is the truth you need to understand. Even when somebody does wrong to Him, He will still do only good to them. But in a human being, we want to take revenge. We want to do bad to the other person who has done bad to us. So how do you become divine? Most important word is forgiveness. Can, uh, do we forgive? No, we hold grudges. We have that somewhere back of our mind. This person did this to me. And that is rankling. But how do you overcome that? When you let go. Letting go is very important. It's okay. You know, few last week, my Krishna Guruji had shared an update which was written many years ago. In that, he's mentioning, see, most he was talking about how to forgive he said in the in the material world people hold grudges people hold i you know enmity with each other and they have a lot of things which they hold against someone who's done wrong to them and what is lord sri krishna teaching he is teaching that you should not do anything against those who have even done wrong to you no matter what they did to you, you should not still do anything against them. You should only do good to them. And But he's saying a very important lesson over there. He's saying, you know, at the God's appointed timing, 
they will get the lessons for whatever their action that they have committed and yesterday again there's a beautiful update which he has written again he shared in that also he is mentioning whatever the action that you commit you will have to face the consequences for that so why commit an action where you are going to suffer in the future when you least expect it so don't do something that is going to come to bite you back you might not understand at that time but much later in life the same thing will come and stand in front of you then what are you going to do so that is why he'll keep saying silence you have to silence your mind you know it's silencing not just the mind shutting it all the thoughts and silence your mouth as well don't talk don't talk unnecessarily there is no need for that be lost in the divine lord almighty only say good things from your mouth never utter one bad word you know why because the ashta siddhis around the divine master is listening to you they are saying tatastu sometimes when you say bad things that can come to be so why should we say from our mouth anything bad so this is exactly what my krishna guruji teaches us if you can't say something nice don't even say bad and it's it's good to at least keep quiet rather than saying something bad see today he said something very beautiful he said see the only reason why you know people where can people go they'll only come to the divine beings you know when they are completely you know they don't know they're lost in their world they don't know what to do they have terrible problem who will they go to they will only turn to god see i understand you know today my krishna guruji also says you know like how narsimha saraswati here is saying he's waiting for those people who want to evolve on the path of spiritual he's not here sitting he's not sitting there to grant them their petty desires on the contrary he is giving them a treasure but they are not ready to take it the treasure is of spiritual knowledge spiritual upliftment but how many can really walk that path hardly few handful of them likewise my krishna guruji also says see today many people just come only to ask for their material worldly desires i am not sitting here to grant that yes i will still do grant it but what is the use they are not seeking their spiritual wheel that is the most important thing that i have the you know the paras money everything else i am having you know but they are not interested in that so we are we should we should understand their situation and be kind to them and most important yesterday he taught me something very nice he said see we are only talking about you know somebody is bad or somebody has got a problem they are doing this can we find solutions finding solution or answer to a problem is more important it is not about saying that person is bad or that person is you know not good that's not the point people come with their problems can you find solutions why do someone go to god because they believe that god has an answer god has solutions so we have to raise ourselves to be able to solve other people's problem too so most important like my krishna guruji will say first can you solve your problem before you actually get to solving somebody else's problem that is what is important first empower that god within you so you know that you are already capable in handling your problems yourself there is nothing like a problem actually if you look at it it's about you know whatever you have to just walk through your life you have to face your life and go with the flow everything is perfect in its place things will happen at its time you have to put your effort see today it's it's a i'm going through my own you know challenges when you evolve on the path of spiritual sometimes there is this disgust that comes i don't like anything i don't want anything i why am i here i don't even want this world i don't want to wake up to the world you know it's a disgust that comes i don't like anything at all i don't know i might know what i'm doing you know i just don't want to open my eyes to the world it's a it's a terrible thing it's a terrible state to be in and that time what do you do it's also then i don't want to do anything and what is that that is inertia that is tamas that's that mahisa mahishasur playing havoc and at the time you like i don't want to do but you have no choice you have to do and that's when my krishna guruji says now you have to put in your extraordinary effort to overcome that mind which is not allowing me to do something that i want to do it's like i don't want to do i don't like it this this is sort of an aversion to everything i just don't i don't know how to ex- explain that state it's a it's a very terrible state to be in and then the only thing the joy you find is in god it's very beautiful but 
there are no two ways about not doing something because this body has its duties it has to do there is no option otherwise like my krishna guruji will say you give up this entire world and become a sanyasi and go away <laughs> somewhere is it possible no i i can't do that also then what is the answer there are no choices left i have to do what i got to do though i understand but most important part is doing why are we not able to do because that effort we have to put at that time when your mind says no i can't do it you have to push yourself hard to do that and this is the only way can you overcome you know i fail 10 times i get up two times again i fail but this is this continues but some day you will get there have because the grace of the divine being is on you and you have to keep putting effort and one day you will get there there's no harm so don't worry about it this is this is what you need to understand empowering the god within yourself is way too important it is not about um it is not about others it is not about someone else it is about you alone and yesterday's das bodh satsang of my krishna guruji has taught only this how we should be very nice and most important it is not for the other people it is more for those who are on the path of spiritual and especially to those who are giving the satsangs <laughs> he and that applies to me because he he was very specific saying you know those who are doing satsangs those who are teaching i mean which means not just me all the people in this world who are teaching who are on the path of spiritual and to everybody else as well right it is important that we inculcate this goodness within us and be nice to everybody only say good things don't say anything bad i know we get angry with the way how things are around us when people behave in a certain manner we are judging why because it's a mind which is reacting we we are, we always say sway between the right and the wrong you should not and no don't judge because you don't know what's going on in the other person's life you don't even know you don't even want to be in their shoes so let us not judge and let us be compassion we have to show compassion we have to show compassion with them we have to be kind we have to be forgiving we have to be giving so this is what it is all about and most important like you know in in this whole of guru charitra what is being taught here what is being taught here is how to have guru bhakti how to you know do guru seva every lesson is only talking this and how do you in your life be this and just now in the for the last i think 10 20 15 minutes i'm only been talking about what is that you should do see i can give you many examples every example talks about it's about how good can you be you know in this also if you if you remember the yoginis or any of the stories all the story that is being narrated here is talking about how good you have to be how devoted you have to be to the god to the guru that even if you don't have a guru it doesn't matter how devoted can you be to the god which the one whom you love and most important how do you you know realize that god within yourself can you empower the divine being within yourself by doing everything that is required of you in a very nice manner in a systematic manner in a disciplined manner and most importantly by being your good self following a righteous path these are the rules these are the primary you know requirements to evolve on the path of spirituality and most important even in the material world to being a good human being forget about spiritual spiritual is one aspect to being a good human being the same thing applies there is nothing special in in spiritual again yesterday my krishna guruji said a very important thing he said the gurus only initiate very few handful of them after evaluating their spiritual deservability he said initiation is not just handouts it is after you know lot of assessment and only when his gurudev's command comes saying okay this person can be initiated then only they give that initiation initiation itself is a boon and when you get that you should not waste that waste it you have to use that so that you can grow in the path of spiritual very few are the chosen ones very few are lucky to get this initiation from the real master so don't lose that and for those in the material world you have to seek the grace of the guru don't go by what you, you know um, 
don't get carried away with the mantras and everything that has been given by these fake gurus and don't think that you're gotten initiated on some path and follow something which you are not sure about so it is very important for you just to you know be truthful to who you are be empower the divine being within you by doing everything that is in the righteous manner that is all is required for us to become godly beyond that there is nothing see there are this is not a rocket science these are the very simple lessons the moral values the virtues which we have to live but what are we doing we don't live why because we give into our mind we have to practice to overcome our tendencies the, the inherent nature we have to control curb it and use it for the for the good cause for growing in our world not for becoming some crass ordinary human being no become great just it's not about just being good become great as well where people will come to you they will also seek your guidance on how to evolve so you become an example you become a role model so that the others can follow you so this is what it is all about so see even the yoginis were so much you know they felt very sad when when uh, narsim saraswati said he is going to leave but what did he say i am ever present in that place so even today if you have happened to have a chance to visit this place you must visit you will experience lord datatre very much over there and the yoginis living even today see our bharat this is bharatvarsh our land is a very holy land just that we have forgotten the holiness that it has because we have we have got we have ca- got carried away with the maya with the material worldly existence we have forgotten our real you know the real treasure we have the rich culture the holy the holiness that we have we have forgotten all about it so you need to bring back this holiness in you and around you as well when you become holy when you become good what is that you're spreading you're only spreading the fragrance of goodness and holiness isn't that a contagious so once you you become that then you're spreading and then that somebody else will become that and they spread and that is how we spread goodness and holiness around us but what happens when we are angry or we are upset and all that we're only spreading that so why do we need to spread evil propensities can we spread godly propensities of course yes that is what you have to aim to do so shri narsimha saraswati can comforting them all moved out from that place in the direction of gangapur which is in the vicinity of the holy rivers bhima and amraja even after gurunath left for gangapur the audumbar tree and guru padukas enshrined there continued to manifest gurunath's power and grace in the same manner as when he used to be he used to physically live there so thus ends the 19th chapter of shri guru charitra describing the holy significance of the audumbar tree the special grace which gurunath showered on the yogini ganas and also of gangaanuja's kashi yatra so become that divine being it's very important glory to the all merciful the only present and the ever responsive gurunath we have eight more minutes um okay this chapter is a is a is a lengthy one i'm so okay we'll we'll end here we'll begin the new chapter on monday morning so thank you for joining Shri Guru Charitra Parayan wishing you all a very happy Friday and a very happy weekend ahead Om Shri Om Shri Mahaganapate Namaha Om Shri Gurudev Datta Om Shri Sachidananda Satguru Sainath Maharaj Ki Jai Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Digambara Digambara Shri Padvallabha Digambara Om Shri Krishna Gurunath Nathaya Shri Gurave Namaha Om Devi Durgaaya Namaha Om Shri Krishna Arpanam Namastu Krishnam Vande Jagadguru